a Cosmere can be a confusing place. From Alamancy to Surge Binding, there's a lot to look out for. We're your hosts and escorts to the realms. I'm Griff. And I'm Alex. And, and this, this is, is the Silverlight Guide to the Cosmere. All right, and welcome back, bookworms. You're here. Indeed, indeed. You're here for a debrief on Dragonsteel Con. Before we do that, let me introduce our guest host today. We have Tala, my lovely wife. Hello. I'm so glad to be on. Wow. Yeah. We got the we got the we got the buttons. We got the studio audience in here today. We sure do. And of course we have Griff and myself, Alex. Uh, we are going to, like I said already once, and now I'm gonna say again, debrief you on what happened at Dragonsteel Con 2023 and probably talk a little bit about what's gonna happen at 2024, give you a little taste of what you should expect. Uh, we're gonna start out with some shout-outs uh, from the con for our listeners. Uh, David from Kansas City, you made my heart sore when you said that you were going to attend our live recording. You were the first person that we met that was going to say that. Technically, you were the first person that we met that was like going to the con. Uh, and it was a pleasure walking to get badges with you. Uh, second, we have Tim. Tim came up to us after the live recording and let us know that it was because he listened to our podcast that he knew Dragonsteel Con even was a thing, which is also a wonderful feeling. Indeed. Honestly, that was probably one of the most heartfelt moments at the con for myself. Yeah, I, I agree. That was wonderful. All right. We're going to blow through the news real fast. Sanderson has put out his weekly update, which was the announcements portion of what happened at Dragonsteel Con. So please go watch that. They announced Dragonsteel Village. They announced the Words of Radiance Kickstarter. If this is the first per first time you're hearing this news, thank you for choosing us as your number one source of Cosmere news, but you are about a week late. And then we have some things that they didn't announce in video and that is some upcoming works dan wells at the fan holders meeting was asking questions and we got some juicy tidbits so the first thing is he is working on a horror novel it is not set on threnody it is set on a new planet we are very curious to see what's going on there and then we also have he said that the, he is working on a project set at the same time as Words of Radiance, no other news might be Hoyd-related. I know people have asked where Hoyd was during Words of Radiance, but unlikely. Could just be happening at the same place in the timeline, different planet, who knows. The big one, though, the big one is that he said that he and Isaac Stewart were working together on a project that we have all been waiting for, that we've been asking for, uh, that fills in a gap in the timeline. And when... Asked later at the Q&A, Sanderson was asked, what does Nightblood look like in the cognitive realm? He said, I have been having to think about that a lot recently. And so we have a very soft confirmation that the Nightblood novella is a thing. It is happening. Dan Wells and Isaac Stewart may or may not be writing it. Well, 
Now, to play devil's advocate, I'm going to say that that might not be the case. Mm. Because what he might be talking about with having to think about Nightblood's cognitive realm form is that that is going to feature heavily in Stormlight 5. You're not wrong, but, like, Occam's Razor? I mean, yes. I'm also just going to say, though, that it could potentially be something else entirely. Yeah. Zeth could go into the cognitive realm with Sword Nimi in Stormlight 5. And I'm going to say that there are probably some holes, other holes in the timeline that have just as much interest brewing around them. Yeah, but I'm going to hype this, so I'm going to get my hopes way too That's high. That's fair. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it just it makes too much sense. You're going to put all your eggs in one basket. All of them. All of the eggs. We also have, from Brotherwise Games, we have the Mistborn deck-building game that is going to simulate Alimantic Battles. That's going to be released next November. And we have the Shards of Creation trick-taking game, which may or may not feature all of the shards at once, but should be a family-friendly, no-cosmere knowledge needed to play card game going on. And the Stormlight miniatures are available for pre-order. If you backed the miniatures, they are starting to ship out. It can take quite a while from getting the notification that your thing is being prepared for it to ship uh, to it actually shipping. I got mine on Tuesday last week and at, at DragonsteelCon, and it is still not shipped, which I am not bitter about. But I am wondering why the system is set up to announce that it's preparing to ship and then takes two weeks to start shipping. So that doesn't super matter, but you should be aware. Still doesn't seem like the most optimized system. No, no, indeed. So there you have it. All right, let's talk about the con. That's why Talit is here. This this is... uh, a new time for Talis. She read a Sanderson book before she went to the con this time. And Tala, how was your time at Dragonsteel Con 2023? Well, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I did some planning. Uh, I did a cosplay. So I was working on a cosplay for a few months prior. And like you mentioned, I read one book and that was Tress in the Emerald Sea. And that was a really great book. Um, I chose to cosplay as the redhead miniature that uh, you showed me. And uh, so I went as Ward, Words of Radiance Schlon. And it was really fun, although I haven't gotten that far in the books series, um, to learn more about Shalon. And um, so it was, it was great. Uh, I cosplayed. Uh, we had our, our booth going. Uh, we prepared stickers and all these sticker designs month, months leading up. And uh, it, it seemed like the, the booth did well and everyone was nice. We had one person come up to the booth straight away who was a VIP and said that he listened to the podcast. And that was really exciting to see. Um, yeah, your, your fans. And um, I, you know, it was it was really amazing. They had a Hoyd museum and they had a, a Nightblood. They did have a replica of Nightblood, yeah. Yeah, and it had steam coming out of it, and they let you hold it. So I got some pictures with that, and they had doom slugs that were big and, like, inflated that they 
had them going around and people were taking pictures with. I saw all different kinds of cosplays. Some of my favorites, of course, were Tress and the Emerald Sea, but I saw um, some Dune Slugs as well, super cute. And um, and then we met the art director. We did. We, yeah. And ben he, McSweeney. Yeah, he was so awesome. He was our first person who bought a sticker. That blew my mind. And he said I got every detail right on my cosplay. So that was uh, very reassuring and exciting that I got appreciation. I um, was fanboying so hard. <laughs> ben McSweeney, if you, somehow, if you somehow listen to this podcast, first, I apologize for not being able to say words after you said your name was Ben McSweeney. <laughs> Second, thank you for purchasing our Hello, My Name is Doug sticker. Yeah. So I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, especially to the end um, where Brendan Sanderson was making announcements. And I know we're not going to go too much into it, but it did remind me of like a Studio Ghibli-esque um, nice community with his castle-inspired building um, with the community coming together and shops and um, that that moment there really made me become more of a fan of his. So uh, I really enjoyed uh, meeting him, I guess, just as an audience member. Yeah. Yeah. Griff, what did you think about Dragonsteel Con 2023? How how did you like it? Honestly, I liked it a lot more than our first. Um, might have been because we were vendors, and so the badge collecting process went a lot more smoothly. Yeah. Um. Just because, well, not necessarily more smoothly, but at least we got them earlier than trying to sit in the general line. Yes. Um, but no, I enjoyed it. I mean, I thought that they had a lot more activities go on there, which was... They did. Uh, Im- impressive. Uh, they had way more vendors than yeah. they did for 2022, uh, which was kind of surprising considering that this was a smaller book release than last year's. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm both looking forward to and slightly scared about how large the con is going to be for the next one because the fact that it'll be the release of Stormlight 5. Same. Same. They had um they had a neat Dragonsteel store so that yes. they didn't have their merch in the vendor hall. They had it <clears throat> off by itself, but the line to get in was at times three hours long. Yeah, I'm glad that we got in when we did, when they were kind of letting some people sneak in, because we we got in when it was much quieter and much less of a hectic situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad about that. Um, but I am glad that they had more going on, and I kind of hope, I don't remember that it was something, Guild of Something, uh, that did the Hoyden Museum, and I kind of want to see what they have going next year, because they also did a VR... Uh, Mbot experience. It was like Mbot's adventure or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And so I'll be interested to see what they do next year. And I kind of hope they expand on the Hoyd Museum with some. You know, I, I hope they made enough money this time around. Although I don't know if they were charging for anything. Yeah, I'm not sure uh, how that. How that uh, they may have just been approached by Dragon Steel given a set amount of money and said, do, do your thing. Yeah, that's fair. They may have been, but I hope that if they did, if that was the situation, I hope they get more next year or can, even if they get the same amount of money, they may be able to invest it into more things for the Hoyd museum. So mm-hmm. it'd be fun to see that expanded. I agree. 
It would also be fun to get a Stormlight ugly Christmas sweater because the Mistborn one that I wore all day today is wonderful. And I ah. think a Stormlight one would be also equally wonderful. I agree because it would come with all the different Surge and uh, Night Radiant Order symbols. Yeah. Probably. So that would be fun. Let's see what I have. Um, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, the lightning signing went really smoothly. They had that down to a science. They did. They really, it seems like they took what went wrong last year and overcompensated positively. Honestly, yeah, they, they really, they had it down to clockwork and... I was glad for it. I mean, it, it went really smoothly. So yeah, I had a I had a wonderful time at my lightning signing. For those who don't know, if you wear a cosplay when you lightning sign, you get a pin, cosplay pin, cos, cosplay pin number one, uh, which you can get no other way, and it's a little pin of Shalosh, the herald from the Stormlight Archives, or a herald from the Stormlight Archives, and I did not have a cosplay. But we had enough time, and my wife had enough wherewithal to decide to give me her, her Shalon jacket. And so I went in, and I started talking to the lady next to me, Jen, who was at our live recording. Shout out to Jen if you're listening to this. And uh, we were talking about how anxious we were, and I was actually worried about how much... Sw- Thank you, Wolfie, for, for adding your voice to the speaker. Uh, and... Uh, and so with lightning signing, you hold your book up and he comes around and he signs and maybe you get to say something to him or he'll stop and talk. And two people down from me, uh, Sanderson signed a specific chapter in Rhythm of War that the, the guy had written his master's thesis on and, and made a, composed a musical work for it. And then, uh, Sanderson kind of, he signed Jen's book, uh, which was the way of Kings. And then signed mine and kind of stopped uh, as, as if I, I had the opportunity to talk to him. And I say, um, and and Talon and I had been trying to figure out what I should say to Sanderson if I got the chance. And I was trying to come up with like, a, oh, I'm a world hopper and I wanted to try on a scout's uniform or I'm the Lopin and I thought that it looked comfy. Um, and I ended up saying to Brandon Sanderson, I'm wearing my wife's cosplay. And, well done, my friend. And he kind of looks at me and he goes, that will do. Let's get you a pin. And then I got a pin and he moved on with his life. And, Indeed. And I can't seem to move on with mine. <laughs> it was wonderful. He will not remember. And so you will have a chance to... Uh, raise yourself up next year. Yeah. Well, I mean, when we get him on this podcast, um, of course, yeah, yes, I'm, I'm definitely gonna. Yeah, that him is up. our that is our next goal. That is that our is, next goal. That is the goal, Griff. After we get him on our podcast, <laughs> our podcast is over. This is true. That will be the last episode of our podcast, and then we'll relaunch as the unofficial Silverlight Guide to the Cosmere podcast. <laughs> Honestly, at that point, maybe we can actually get him to endorse it and we can be the official Silverlight Guide to the Cosmere. That's true. We, we'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, I mean, if we get okay, if we get big enough to have Brandon Sanderson on, I feel like we will have earned our official status. Well, I think we're official anyways, and <laughs> our our Spotify Wrapped for our podcast says we're official. Okay, that's fair. By um, inference. <laughs> okay. But just the fact that we had a Spotify rap for the podcast, that makes us official? Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Does. All right. Absolutely. Tala, what were your, what was your favorite part? My favorite part. Um... That's tough. There, there are a lot of good moments. I mean, I can say a few that are sticking out to me. Uh, you know, working the booth, it kind of was hard to do events, but I got away a few times. Like I got to go to the the cosplay stage and walk across the stage. Um, I got to do a meetup with other Shalons, and that was really fun to take pictures with them. Um, like I said earlier, the Doom Slug was super cute. Like just going around taking pictures and, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, there's like little moments like that. that. That was it for me. There was no big, big moment. I didn't get a lightning signing or anything. So yeah, um, but I had fun. Yeah, yeah. Griff, what was uh, what was your favorite part? Uh, that's rough. I think it would probably be. I mean. Definitely our live recording stands out. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I think it went really smoothly. Obviously, we need to test the audio next time. But despite all of that, I think it went really well. Um, I also just really enjoyed the Hoyd Museum. I thought it was a cool experience. And there was a lot more in there than I expected them to have. They, so, really, they really shoved a lot in there. They was... did. And it was like some quality stuff, too. Like, it, I, it was... Much it was a much better production than I expected, honestly. I agree. I agree. And so I am kind of I I am excited to see what they pull off next year. Uh, did any of us go on the Mbot adventure thing? Yeah, Talon, yeah. I did it. Yeah. It was okay. Fun. How was it? Because I never, I never, I didn't actually do it. Oh. It was. Um, I don't know. Would that be spoilers? If we talked about it. No, it's not spoilers. Okay. It. It was really fun in a, this game was made in 2008 kind of way. Okay. Uh, it was it, a 360 <laughs> virtual reality experience. Right. So as uh, the M-Bot would appear on the screen, um, it would take you through the adventure and you would spin your chair as the M-Bot would move around. So mm -hmm. that's how uh, the 360 experience yeah. happened. My favorite part was, I think the T-Rex was the T-Rex, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which is out of context spoilers because. You said no spoilers. There's. Okay. Well, take that I out. mean, it's a, it's a universe thing. Like dinosaurs exist somewhere in our universe too, right? It's infinite. No, that's not what, how that works. No. But it was, uh, it was wonderful. They said that they didn't have a whole lot of time to work on it. Which is why I'm okay. I feel okay to say that you know how when video games are announced and they have the trailer and it looks really fancy, and then they release yes. then they release a legitimate game tra gameplay trailer and people are like, "What the hell?" 
Um, this was not quite what the hell, but it it was still needing two or three layers of polish for it to be like, um, or probably like ten layers of polish for it to be like a Blizzard cutscene kind of thing going on. So okay. Um, but I mean, hopefully they'll have more time to work on whatever yeah. they're doing next. So I, right. they're hoping ideally, to make it, um, they're hoping to make it interactive next time. Okay, interesting. I wonder if they're going to yeah. be a night radiant thing. Oh, that'd be cool. Because uh, I, I feel like if they already did the thing with Mbot, and I'm assuming there's flight in that, they may have you joining some Windrunners. That would be cool, uh, and. To to make it clear, I had a blast in it, and it did actually make me feel like I was in the Defiant or Skyward universe. So it was really well done, and they had a whole a whole setup that was very immersive. Neat. Yeah, yeah I actually will say the props, even just for the Mbot Adventure one, was really really cool. Like outside of the VR experience, I just thought the props they had up were were really neat. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then I will be. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I will be interested to see what they, what they bring up for next year. Same. They introduced 12 new pieces of merch. I think that's what they said. Or maybe it was 35. No, I think it was 12. 12 new pieces of merch. Those some of them are available on Dragonsteel's website. Some of them have already sold out, like the Mistborn Christmas sweater. Uh Tala, what was your favorite piece of merch? The Tress Cup. Tress Cup. Yep. It was very cute. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Glad we glad we were able to get our paws on that. Yeah. A little rat paws. Uh Griff, what was your favorite merch? I mean, I would probably say the character pins, the ones that they have for the secret project characters. Okay. Um, even even the Frugal Wizards handbook one was a little Mervin, which was, I think, the best choice to go for when it came to the pin for that book. I agree. I agree. I really liked the Mistborn Christmas sweater, as I've said it three times this podcast <laughs> episode. Yes. I also really like the ramen bowl and the I can't pick. Why did I why did I say one favorite? Uh I don't know. Minutes. You you were the one that presented this question. I know. I know. It was Ooh. it was really cool. All of it. It was. was great. Uh the doom slug. I, I will be interested to see what they do for next year as well because they had a bunch of doom slugs for this year. And so I feel like we're probably going to be getting a ton of Stormlight products for next year. Could be. Uh, which will be intriguing for me in part. Well, I don't know if in particular of our group, but I will definitely be looking forward to that. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, the Doomslug socks were very cute and they would be my second pick. Yeah, Doomslug socks. Yeah, mine had a little pair on it. I don't know if they all had that, but yeah. Also, I'm apparently going to potentially have to back the leatherbound for uh, what's it? Words of Radiance is that the next one coming out? Yeah. Yeah, because well, it depends. I I'm kind of hoping they'll have an option to just back for the plushie. 
you should and not get the book. Ideally, yeah. <laughs> ideal. Uh, they yeah. they definitely should have that option because so for the Words of Radiance Kickstarter, they are actually it's not Kickstarter. It, it it's crowdfunding, but it's actually just through Backerkit. They, they right Backerkit. Yeah. yeah, they actually have the books already. So, right, right. They are using this to process orders, and they are doing plush spreads for the Night Radiant bonding spread. At least uh, we saw a picture of Sill, and then that may take more time for those to actually exist and be sent to people. But if I imagine with the amount of people who have said, "Hey, why does this have to be leather? I don't purchase animal products. Please make a premium edition that's not leather." With enough people saying that over the years, there's definitely going to be an option to purchase this brand separately. If there's then not, that is definitely. If there's not, we turn this into an anti-Dragonsteel podcast. <laughs> we go full bore. We make our own universe. We get thousands upon thousands of fans, and we do it better. That is so how we, much we effectively we we. Proclaim war on Brandon Sanderson is what you are what you are suggesting. That is right. No. And that is how much I am sure that the spread will be available to purchase <laughs> apart from the leather bound edition. Because I don't want to do that. I will, but I, I will. don't want to do it. Oh. I will probably get a, an ink spread and a cryptic. Yeah. Soul is cute. Uh Depending on if I can persuade Tala, I will be getting all of them. Ooh. Ah, that is fair. <laughs> I am not that invested. No. And put them huh. where? Invested. Put them where? Um, at that point, we'll have a Sanderson ah, shrine. The, one of our Calyx bookshelves <laughs> will just be Sanderson. Okay. No. No. But, like, we'll find the entire not top, the entire top. The entire top of our two Calyx shelves will be Sanderson. Okay. The entire half. You can have five squares. I can have five squares. It's already taking up four. Yeah. And we have honestly, with enough trust. people complaining about the leather bound, I'm hoping they'll start releasing premium hardbacks like they did for the uh, Year of Sanderson books, except for the mainline books. I think they're gonna. I to play devil's advocate, I am not sure that that is actually going to happen. Uh. I, think, I don't know if it will, but I hope I can hope. Well, yeah, you can hope, but I think Sanderson has already stated that he doesn't want to keep taking our money at, in a money grabbing way. So he wants. Well, yes, I realize. Right, right, he wants to limit crowdfunding things to two per year, is what he said. <gasps> right, and hold on, I'm not done. And, okay, I'm, I'm waiting. <laughs> and. I think because they are already like seven books into the leather bound editions that if they were to introduce an, a premium non-leather bound that it could be seen as a money grabbing thing for people who have already purchased a premium copy to then be given, oh, hey, there's another of this edition, which a lot of people would be fine with. They'd be like, okay, I don't need that, or I'm a collector, I'm going to buy it. But it actually, we've seen this with Taylor Swift recently. Mm -hmm. 
she put out, oh, here's my new album. This vinyl is going to be available for 48 hours. It's special yellow. And then after the end of 48 hours, oh, hey, look, there's a new, there's a special edition and this one is green. And then there were two more after that, only available for a certain amount of time. And people were like, well, that seems odd. But then it wasn't, it was available. She, okay. It wasn't technically true. Like she made it available. Yeah. Here's the thing that I would say. I would like to see him start with Elantris. Okay. And just do again, like, like a nice hardback non-leather, because again, like you said, there's enough people that are probably saying, Hey, you know, I don't buy leather products, but I would still like a premium version of this book to have as part of my collection mm-hmm. um, that I feel like they could go with a style similar to the four or secret project books as a hardback cover with, you know, the, I don't remember the term that they used for the colorizing that they did on the covers. Right. But I don't necessarily think you would even have to backer kit or like crowdfund it. Um, I mean, maybe they would, maybe they wouldn't. I don't know. But I feel like there's an, enough of an audience and it's enough of a different product from the leather bounds that I, I mean, I, I can only speak from my own point of view, but I would not feel like it was a money grabbing tactic. Sure. Yeah. And, and I don't think I would either, but. I do see that it could be considered that. And so I would expect Sanderson to be very hesitant and really make sure. I definitely, I definitely would see it if people weren't asking for it, but since people are asking for it, since, you know, there are enough people that are ethically against you know, leather products and things like that. Cause like the thing with the Taylor Swift one is that, you know, people I'm sure were all asking for vinyls, but they probably weren't asking for four different colors of vinyls. Right. Oh, it's agonizing. Cause I'm a Swifty. So like, I want to buy all the CDs and like this latest, latest one in 1989, she had different pictures for the premium album. So I ended up buying. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was bad. Yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things where I feel like he'd actually be giving his fans what they want since, I mean, like, I love the leather-bound copies, don't get me wrong, but they are so out of my price range. I cannot justify spending that kind of money. But if it was something more like the Secret Projects, which I feel would probably be more reasonably priced, I mean, it's still expensive, but more reasonably priced than a leather-bound copy, that's something I feel like I could you know, put the money into. I have, I have an idea and, and, and we can move to the next question, uh, that nobody has asked us, but I'm going to ask y'all after this, um, instead of a premium edition of the book. Okay. A premium, okay. A premium case that you could store a book in if you wanted, but essentially it is like one of those hidden, secret book things that's hollowed out okay so okay but but for all of the books 
right? So you I could, could have, get behind that. You could have a really nice looking display of Sanderson book titles on your bookshelf, but they are holding your book or they're just there to look pretty because what are the leather bounds doing for a lot of people? They're sitting on their shelf looking pretty. So that could be, alternatively, it'd be yeah. really cool to keep whatever you want in there. Extra Sanderson merch that you don't want to display, so on and so forth. That It would at least unify the collection, because that's one of the things that does bug me about the... And it would still bug me even if I had the leather-bound copies, would be the fact that the four secret projects are sitting there, standing out. Yeah. So that could be... And, and you could sell them in sets and always make new ones to your specification as new books come out for the rest of eternity because that's how Sanderson is writing the Cosmere. I'm just kidding. It, it will be just probably 10 years after he dies. So <laughs> It'll be interesting to see what he does after he finishes the meta plot, depending on how that resolves. I imagine he'll just stop. He'll be like, okay, story's done. <laughs> I, I mean, maybe. Now... He'll be he'll be time to tie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, and he'll <laughs> and he'll ruin everything. By that point, he'll have grown so large that he buys Disney. There you go. Uh, it's no longer Disney World; it's Sando World. <laughs> Magic Mountain. All right. More like Horn Eater Mountain. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's let's switch to some serious serious discussion. Tallow. Yes, you said you had a question for us. I did. Tallow, what do you think could have gone better at Dragonsteel 2023? Uh, so for our booth, I would say that one thing that could have gone better is that we could have sold our sticker packs right away on the first day. So True. what we found is that more people were interested in buying like pre-made packs where the stickers were ended up being a bit cheaper. Mm -hmm. uh, so we sold a lot of those. So that that's something we're gonna have prepared and ready to go next year. And if you're interested in purchasing those stickers, the website will be in the description of the episode. Uh, pictures coming soon. Yes. What else could have gone better, Tala? Um. I don't know. It was like a perfect con. It was a perfect con. Totally. Uh. I can't really think of it. Come back to me. I'll come back to you. Okay, yeah. Griff. Griff, what could have gone better? Uh, we could have tested our audio before recording, our live recording. Mm, okay, <laughs> and next? Uh, next, I agree with Tala about the sticker packs. We should have been selling those from day one. I did not expect them to sell as well as they did. They were going like hotcakes. Yep. Yep. Um, other than that, Wolfie, get off the microphone. <laughs> uh, I would like. I don't. I don't know who was in charge of the speculative <coughs> uh, right. timeline panel that I attended, but that was a major disappointment. That yeah, that was sad to hear. Um, I was really looking forward to this. I expected it to be much more panelist run and mostly they just kind of were taking audience questions and suggestions on timeline things and it was frustrating because it felt like they didn't have a whole lot actually planned 
Yeah. And it was, um, I think his name's Steve from Raffo, uh, Read and Find Out YouTube channel. And I know yes. he, he has done an episode on where things are placed mm-hmm. on the Cosmere timeline. Some and they did have that included, right? Uh, they they had pi- like they had pictures from his YouTube video, like as slides, mm-hmm. that they did use somewhat. Yeah, but I would say it was maybe the first quarter or third of the event, and the rest was really just kind of audience stuff. And I don't know, it didn't, it did not live up to what I expected it to be. And maybe I was expecting too much, but Yeah, I mean, but when you when you set aside time for an event, it should be held to a standard that a majority of the people will walk away feeling good that they chose to attend that event and to carve out their time at the con where there's so many other right. things they could be doing. So yeah, like honestly, knowing were I to go back and redo it, I'd probably attend the Magic of Wit or the Magic of Hoyd, whichever. I don't remember exactly what the panel was called. Yeah, Hoyd and his magic systems. Oh yeah. Yeah, that one. I probably would have attended that rather than the speculative timeline one. Sure. Yeah, there's um, and it's one thing I think the quality of submitted events by vendors and. Uh, attendees that that quality could probably vary and be fine but when it's an event that is being uh marketed by dragon steel and put in one of their main rooms that needs to be i mean it doesn't have to be s tier but it does have to be worth it you need to at least be high B. Yeah. All right, Talon. And I don't know what kind of quality control they do on their panels. They may not. But if they don't do any, that might be something they need to change in the future. Yeah. Like you said, if it's one of the side room ones, whatever, that can be... That, the, the quality there can vary wildly. But like you said, if it's a main room one, maybe they need to start putting some quality control yeah. aspects in. Yeah. I was I was pleased by how many people came up to us and said that our live recording was really good. So Yeah, that, honestly, several, I was really pleased with that. Yeah, several people were like, that was such a great way to start the con. Aww. Yeah. That's nice. It was very nice. And uh, so we should absolutely be doing that next year. We should just do all uh, the panels. All of them, yes. We're just going to do every single panel will just be done by us. Yes, <laughs> perfect. Get one panel for each day. So right. Get three. If you can't talk the talk, don't walk the walk. Honestly, I think we should at least do three potential recordings. Um, and we could just honestly grab the top slot for each day. Yeah, could be. And just let people start their con that way. Could be. We'll see what, what they allow us to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, they'll, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like Tala, Tala has her answer for what could have gone better at the con. Yes, I do. I thought of one. So they had these games that you can complete, and one of them was, I believe, the Dev- Delver's Eye? Delver Eyes, yeah. Delver Eye. So um, they could have done that a bit better. There were a lot of, like, us as vendors, we were a bit confused. Um, 
And even the people, a lot of the people who stopped by the booth were confused on how to complete uh, the task. So they had a video and then towards the end, I watched the video and I can see the confusion. So I think something that could be better next year is like either like written out instructions, like they don't have to print it out, but they can include underneath the video, like a more um, explanation for each of the four things that th was going on. Yeah. And I know, I think yeah. they, they wanted the... Sorry, Delver, go on. Oh, sure. They they wanted the Delver Eye to be kind of like a, wait, what is that? What's going on? It didn't really work out yeah. like that. People were just confused, and you, you want to tell them what's up so they can enjoy the con. Yeah. 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 But. And then they had the, uh, what, with the tokens of reality? Mm-hmm. Reality icons. Reality icons, that's it. Yeah. And that, Yeah. And I mean, I was fine to hand them out, but I still honestly don't know what they were for. So for... I know it was one of the games. Yeah, but... it was one of the games. So you needed to complete all four games to get all four pages or something. Yeah. And it wasn't even really a, a prize from what I could tell. Well, you, uh, what it ended up being was, I think, if you completed everything, you got the origami pages and yeah. the little uh, story that then they were then selling at Dragon Steel at the Dragon Steel shop yeah. for twenty five dollars. And so then maybe you, a pin too. You got the cadet pin. Yeah, you yeah. got the the um, cadet pin. Yeah. So I think that I mean that was the prize. So the pin itself would probably be. I think better instructions for the games. Yeah, I agree yeah. with Tala. That would either either that or design your games in such a way that they are intuitive. Yeah. Right. Either one. Speaking of pins, we should talk about the the pin challenge that was really good, the secret one. You remember right. that? Right. Brian McClellan yeah. had a little so they actually they asked the vendors to not have extra challenges. Uh but which like oh well. <laughs> uh there were two booths that absolutely did not follow that nope. <laughs> that instruction. That's true. Uh and so Brian McClellan, the author of <laughs> the um, Promise of Blood, it's the uh, what Powder Mage trilogy, uh, and others, and uh, Glass Immortals, uh, he had a little scavenger hunt that Tala and our other friend Alex completed. I didn't actually get to complete it. Oh, really? Yeah. Nor did I. Yeah, uh, but that was that was really fun. Uh, somewhat difficult. Yeah, but they had written out instructions it and did you could follow written. through and it was it was fun. At the very end I, I walked down like the back behind all the vendors and it was like a secret little table and then I said the three different names um to get the prize. Yeah. So that was fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. But you can have my pin because Oh thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I was able to pick up uh Montego in the Glass Immortals, yes, and uh, Glass Immortals novella, and yeah, lots of authors. As did I. Yeah, lots of authors. Um, lots of authors, lots of artists, and just a lot of booths. More, way more booths than last year. Yeah, like at least double. Yeah, the um, the line management was a lot better, except for purchasing food. Because they had food vendors in the vendor hall, and during lunchtime it was really difficult, and and it was a main thoroughfare. Yeah. It was really difficult to get to the restrooms there. 
Yeah, I think if they were going to do that next year, now I don't know what kind of safety requirements are around the food vendor booths. Um, but I would like to see them place them elsewhere yeah. next year. Yeah. And we'll see what um, options are available for them to... They may they may be able to move in that other part of the convention center. But next year is going to be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Next year is going to be... A, apparently because... Or I mean, not even apparently. Because they also claim they're going to be pulling out all the stops. Right. Yeah. So, so I feel like next year is going to have a much higher attendance count. Also because I just think the uh, the Cytonic series did not have as robust a fan base as the Stormlight Archives does. Right. More people were... So I think we're going to see it. More people were definitely cosplaying Cosmere than yes. Defiant or Skyward. And... And so I feel like there were probably some people that stayed home uh, from the event this year, and I feel like they're going to be coming for next year. Definitely, they can still they can still limit how many people come via the badge. Uh, but True, I, I do expect. So I think last year they they maxed out at five thousand badges, and I expect. Uh, did I say next year? Last year. You said last year. Yeah. Okay. Great. So next year, I imagine they'll probably bump it to eight. Uh, and the, possibly, possibly more, depending on how much, how many of the, um, you know, con spaces they can get their hands on. Yeah. And I got in line for a numbered copy, a low numbered copy. Um, there were people out there from, I think they said it's 8 PM, 8 PM the day before, mm -hmm. which they're Good not, God. I mean, that's, that's if we're looking at it objectively, legally, that's not allowed. They're allowed to start lining up at 4 a.m. But nobody's going to follow that. So they were saying... No, nobody's going to follow that. And on top of that, like, people would get around in any way just by hanging around and not being officially in the line because, like, right. the sidewalks are public space. They can't stop people from waiting out there. Yeah, well, the place where they were lined up this year was close enough to the convention and not on an like a not on a street sidewalk that I would I would suggest that the it would actually be uh, owned by the convention so that would oh no I know that but what I'm saying is that people would just move back oh, onto sure. the sidewalk closest to yeah you know and and then they they'd have no recourse to stop them from being there yeah so it I was got outside it was, it so was cold it was outside it was very cold uh, Tal and I managed to wake up early enough that. Tal was like, you should go in line. And I got there right before six, which is when they started handing out the numbers. And I got 155. And I was like three people from the end of the num of the people that had lined up. And so the people at the very front had actually purchased multiple copies. So they got back into line for more numbered copies. And they said that they were going to plan up plan to line up from um noon if not midnight the day before to get yep. low numbered copies of stormlight five like, yeah no i i think that's absolutely going to be necessary because stormlight is you're going to have people out there that want it that badly yep and i am just going to be happy if i get a numbered copy just 
Yeah, honestly, I'm not shooting for anything fancy. I'll probably, I'll I'll buy the bundle this time around. Well, hopefully, um, hopefully they have an option where, well, I mean, if you want the stuff, great. Hopefully, they'll have an option where you can avoid the stuff, just pay the increased cost because it's signed. Um, like we talked about in a few episodes ago. Right. But, but. I mean, like, I'm not really shooting for numbered copies. That's that's not something I strive for, so. Yeah. But it is cool that I got 155. Uh, it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's neat. Like, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. like, downplaying it. But, you know, it's just not something that I have on my goals, so. Yeah. I think it might actually just, I think it might actually be better if, uh, they did the numbering through the purchasing on the um, the website on on tabletop. Yeah, and so I agree. They could have a um, this is going to be or people who purchase it between this time and this time will get a number between this and this, um, and maybe they still do the line, but it's only for the first ten or something. I don't know. Uh, that's not super in this in this spirit of fairness for people who really want that number one, but. Maybe they could do a virtual queue. Maybe. That could work. But then you'd have somebody in number one and then their <laughs> connection goes out. That's like, Yeah. Honestly, what they might be able to do, and this would be somewhat of an unfair way to do it, but I still think a fair way to do it without having people line up, would be kind of a lottery type thing, almost like a raffle. Sure. Where you could, you know, pay a small charge on your badge and be entered into the chance to get a numbered copy, but it's kind of random which one you're going to get. Fun fact, yep. raffles are illegal in Utah. Yep. So that's true. That. So it wouldn't be a raffle, it would be something else. Yeah. But regardless, the premise is the same. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh and so it is Dragonsteel 2024 is the 5th through 7th next year of December. Yes, that is important because rather than it being a Monday, Tuesday, it is going to be a Thursday, uh, Friday, Thursday Friday, Saturday. Yep. Which and because be... Brandon Sanderson is popular enough to defy release convention for books. Yep. And it'll be definitely after Thanksgiving because that's how that works. So the flights should be much cheaper. Uh, we are Thank going, God. We are going to fly. Uh, we're not going to drive again from Texas. Yeah. We are going to fly. That is wise. Yep. Yep. So, so. there we are. Anything else that we need to no, discuss? No, I think that's it. I think so, too. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all the con. Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to the whole Sanderson Village thing, whatever they ended up calling that. Yeah, that'll probably be ready. I don't know right? if they have an official name. I don't know, but it. I think they said five to ten years. Yeah. So. Right. Anyway. So it'll be it'll be a long term project, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with it. It would be cool if they got it up by the time Stormlight Six releases, because that will be five five or six years from now. So. Yeah. True. That'll be neat. God, I hope the Cosmere goes or finishes before Sanderson or I die, whichever one comes first. Well, I mean, he's setting it up for people to be able to take it after he dies. Um, in, in right. The case that that but happens. I'm hoping that he will finish well, the main yeah. story. 
Well, he just needs to write the last word, right? So he can of pre course. he can pre do that and then um, <laughs> work work from the end backwards. It's, it's like a tip in sheet uh, where they just yeah. Nope. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, podcast. thanks for thanks for being here. We'll Indeed, have you thanks on. for being here. We'll have you on again in the future. We're hoping to get uh, Amy from the uh, Cosmere Institute for Sandersonian Studies mm-hmm. uh, on to talk about cosplay. Yes, uh, we our next episode dropping will be our Oathbringer review with uh, Nathaniel from Generic Entertainment. Uh, I still need to edit that. Haven't had time. Alas, uh, we're also hoping to get. Uh, that Cosmere chick on here to help us review Rhythm of War and then we also have a slew of guest hosts that we've we've conversed with at the con um, they'll be helping us do things like Elantris's magic system and yes. stuff like that so we have a great uh, winter uh, smorgasbord for y'all to enjoy and that's all I have to say yep uh, so until next time, don't panic, world hoppers. Life before death, strength before weakness, and attending Dragonsteel 2024 before destination. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'm going to hit the button. Woo. The music you hear is part three, The Spirit, from Zavadilla's The Music of Elantris, produced by B-Roll Records, available now on Apple Music, Spotify, and most music providers. If you like what you hear, and you want others to hear it as well, please leave a rate and review. It really helps us get more listeners. 